Content warning, this podcast contains mentions of detonaming homophobia and colonialism. Hi everyone, welcome to Queer Sounds. My name is Hannah, pronouns they, them. And thank you again for listening. Today on the other end of our conversation, it's Eve. Hi there. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. All right. Hey, um, I wanted to try something different because, you know, I'm always trying to find a way to get this conversation started because, you know, the first bit of the conversation is never really the right time to dive into deep subjects, right? Because, you know, we'll have like a few minutes where we think you can have like a nice conversation going and then the music kind of takes away all of the shine. So um, let's start with the music today. So what's the last song that you listened to before we started our recording session here? The last song I listened to, the last song I listened to, um, let's see, I was listening to Lemonade, Beyonce's album. So the last song would be uh, Sorry, if I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know the track list by heart, but you can't go wrong with Beyonce, can you? Can never go wrong with Beyonce. All right. This feels a little bit too short-winded. Let's uh, let's see if we can stretch this a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, breaking the fourth wall here. I'm all for um, I'm I'm all for transparency. So before we actually yeah. dive into dive into the deep end of the conversation, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to our audience a little bit? What is it that you do? Who are you? Who are we dealing with here? Maybe your also, pronouns I- as well. Okay, perfect. Uh, so my name, my government name is Yvonne Odor, but I go by Eve. Um, I identify as a non-binary lesbian feminist, and I am a human rights activist uh, working and living in Nairobi, Kenya. I currently work with an organization called the Gay and Lesbian Coalition of Kenya. That is an LGBTQ plus uh, organization. Uh, that is also based in Nairobi, but works uh, with our members across uh, the country. I guess that's basically who I am in a nutshell, like briefly, yes. All right, we're going to dive into Gay and Lesbian Coalition of Kenya later on uh, in depth. So you always make sure to mention um, what your like legal name is, and I feel like a lot of people might feel conflicted about that because it's quite unusual. Like, how do you, how do you feel towards, you know, your, your legal name? Like, don't, aren't you afraid people are going to dead name you? Um, honestly, no, not really, because I still use my legal name. I have not legally changed my name. So for uh, most part, like in my documents, in the way that I, um, uh, referred to, uh, if you're looking up, if you're looking me up or the work that I do, if you look for Yvonne, you will find me easier and quicker than if you looked for Eve. And even though I I have um, a bit of dysphoria around my government name, I still am um, attached to it uh, legally. And so I feel like it's really okay. It's really okay when, when people refer to me as Yvonne. But like people in my close circles and people like who actually know me know that I prefer Eve and that is how they refer to me. All right. I mean, for the sake of this conversation, let's just stick with Eve because we don't want to dead name people here. And I mean, I feel 
kind of jealous of you that you're comfortable with your legal name in this way um because you know i just i totally understand i totally understand and and i totally respect that and uh it's just not my my reality so it's okay as well <laughs> um yeah. before we dive into any more of your personal history let's start with the track that you've selected for today redemption song by the one and the only bob marley all pirates yesterday rabbi sold i to the merchant ships minutes after they took i from the bottomless pits but my hand was made strong by the end of the almighty we forward in this generation triumphantly won't you help to sing these songs of freedom cuz all i ever have redemption songs redemption songs emancipate yourselves from mental slavery none but ourselves can free our minds have no fear for atomic energy cuz none of them can stop the time how long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look some say it's just a part of it we've got to fulfill the book won't you help to sing these songs of freedom cuz all i ever have redemption songs redemption songs redemption song redemption 1980 one year before the legendary bob marley passed away so uh yeah just take it away if why did you why did you select this song for today ah so bob marley and like reggae music generally completely reminds me of my childhood i i grew up in uh, islands nairobi and for most part because my dad traveled a lot for work uh we were with our mom and My mom lived with her sisters. And so it was like a house just like filled with like feminine energy and and like just lots of fun and play and a lot of like Bob Marley and reggae music. So my mom's youngest sister was the cool one. She was the one who knew like what was happening, what was cool, what was like uh, pop culture at the time. And every family's got one, right? The one cool one. <laughs> exactly. And this is in the 90s, right? And, right? and reggae in Kenya was huge in the 90s, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like reggae was so big, was so big here and she constantly like ha- like would write down the lyrics and would like sing together <laughs> to to songs and like try to memorize all the lyrics to the songs. and Bob Marley was like a very big um 
influence in me uh starting to love music generally and just like starting to uh, create my own taste and my own like opinions or, or on on music and like uh, reggae culture and so every time i hear uh, bob marley it reminds me of just like growing up so with bob marley being like the sound of your childhood uh is this is this song specifically related to like that feminine energy in your childhood because you know with lyrics like emancipate yourself uh was that was that also like the general vibe of your household oh yes so like uh now that i grew up and i started doing the work that i did and uh getting into my activism and like getting into being activated and, and pushing back on status quo uh bob marley's words and bob marley's lyrics started to ring very true to my realities right and especially uh, for example this music uh continues to if not like be the ad libs to my to the kind of work that i'm doing and to the to the to the life that i am i'm striving to live so even as i was speaking this particular song i was just like as a child i might not have known it and as a child i might not like have had the bandwidth to 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 take it all in and i was just like liking the music for music's sake but then it, it started speaking to me and uh speaking true to my life and being a very like big uh big like part of 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 me enjoying the kind of work that I do and like looking back to people who were there before me and paying tribute to for example my aunt and my mom who played a very big role in shaping uh the way that I looked at the world were you close with your family uh for the most part <laughs> of course until like coming out but like very close knit uh for most part of my Uh, of my life you said like the one the one cool aunt in your family like the one who who knows all of the all of the cool stuff all of the pop culture stuff did she also like help develop your your taste in music at a young age yes completely like i looked up to her for everything like even my mom would get jealous of our relationship because uh i i completely looked up to her like she's the one i'd go to for um, uh advice and questions about being cool about like if i wanted anything really that didn't involve like let's say money <laughs> i would go to her so she shaped a lot of um a lot of the way i looked at the world growing up and outside of even just like music and fashion and and like pop culture i also loved the way she lived her life so freely so like she was a free spirit for lack of a better word like she wasn't held back a lot by societal expectations of her and it was really admirable my mom was a responsible adult one and then her sister just got to be this uh person who was free and i really looked up to that and i guess that that's how i ended up living my life uh from there how did your how did your music taste develop like uh did you did you expand from reggae into like more general pop or how did how did it go Yes, of course, right? Like when you get into like be- when you become a teenager and like you get into mm, like teenagehood it's all about like what's popular, right? And like what's accepted and like and what's cool at the time. But like I said before, uh in Kenya, reggae has had such a big uh 
influence in even the way Kenyan artists do our music. Like a lot of our Kenyan artists' music in the 90s and early 2000s was heavily reggae influenced. So if it wasn't reggae or raga, it had like a, a lot of influence from from reggae. But then, of course, like listening to people like Destiny's Child became like a thing. The like R&B at the time, the Ashers, the Genuine, the Alicia Keys of 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 the nineties. Yes, Ive, like uh, that pop culture also like swept uh, Nairobi. So I had to expand my 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 taste buds in music. Yeah. Right, so we've got this redemption song, and from there we kind of moved into like the, the 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 '90s brand of of female empowerment. Was was the activism something that also like intrigued you at a young age already? Uh, to be honest, not really, not directly at the time. Like, uh, and the way like the school systems here are set up, uh, rebels don't survive. So from like around. 12, 13, when I went to boarding school, I quickly learned that just like, just stay below the radar. Like, don't, don't be the one who's always constantly caught like on the wrong side of, 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 um, of institutions. But of course, like I was constantly caught on the wrong side of institutions as much as I tried to just like fit in and not be too rebellious and not like push back too much, uh, and just like survive boarding school and just survive like high school. Um, yeah, at that time, honestly, I hadn't started my activism until like young adult, 1920. That's when I was fully activated. And then um, Gay and Lesbian Coalition of Kenya came around. How did, how did you get involved? Oh, so how I started my activism, I was in campus and there was this news a segment that was done in one of the leading stations in Kenya and the way it depicted queerness and at the time it was actually talking about gay men because that is who those are the people who are like visible and prominent and doing work at the time was super derogatory and I was just like I we need to change this like we need to do something about this so I volunteered for an organization called Ishta MSM which is like a gay men specific gay and bi men specific okay let me call it men who have sex with men uh specific ngo that advocates for hiv care and treatment in kenya so that is when i started my activism i was the first person who was not a gay man that they ever hired and i volunteered with them for a bit and then i was employed by them uh, I did this for a while before then I started volunteering with other uh, smaller community-based organizations and NGOs in Nairobi that worked with LGBTQ plus folks generally until 2015 uh, when I was now fully employed by GALC. And now um, with GALC, you had this this huge uh, campaign set up. It started a while back, um, Repeal 162, uh, referring to... Um, a colonialist law that's been put in place since the 1890s and still hasn't been revoked and like very um, institutionalized uh, homophobia in that sense um, is how, how is that entire project going? Like, are you, are you making any progress? Oh, so yeah, repeal 162 uh, is the Kenyans uh, queer 
uh, attempt at repealing sections of the penal code that criminalize same-sex acts. And like you said, you're right, these are colonial laws that were put in place by the British and are still being implemented even today in 2021. We did our first, uh, we were first like had our first mention in 2016 and the case has been dragging along, but in 2019, we, we got a ruling uh, at the High Court that said uh, that the law is not discriminatory because it does not, uh, uh, because there's no evidence, there's not enough evidence to show that queer people are being affected by this law. So that is how the courts ruled. And of course, we've appealed, right? We've appealed this ruling and hopefully we are going to uh, get a date soon that will go to the Supreme Court and because we are challenging that ruling that of course of course like that ruling is biased right and it's uh, we, yeah. and it, we had a lot of rumors that there was a lot of influence and a lot of pressure for the court to rule the way it did and of course we're not going to take this line down and we have appealed the case but yeah, it's our attempt at repealing these colonial laws that continue to infringe and um, the rights of LGBTQ plus people and continue to allow for discrimination and allow for people uh, to just like act with impunity because uh, the law supports them. So what's what's the general uh, public opinion in Kenya? Because, you know, laws can be put in place forever and ever ago whereas the people themselves are actually pretty cool and not as homophobic as laws would imply is how how what's what's the case in Kenya over there that's a very difficult question to respond to right and i can respond to it as eve who lives in nairobi um who works for an lgbtq plus organization so meaning i have a, a bit of connection and a bit of privilege right so um you're right when you say that at times the laws don't match up to society and the change of law does not necessarily mean that it will change the livelihoods of people because our people's biases and people's um the society's impressions of people does not change just because the law changes so in kenya like the general feeling in east africa is that kenya is uh, a safe haven for queers right and you'll see that uh lgbtq plus refugees from around um uganda congo burundi uh ethiopia somali come to kenya to seek refuge and 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 that's good that's that's a that's a good thing that kenya can provide that uh, for people who can't have it in their homes. But the truth is that even here, queer people continue to face a lot of discrimination and a lot of violence and state-sponsored uh, state homophobia. And the reality is not that things are good here. They might be better than other places, but queer people in Kenya continue to suffer and continue to go through unimaginable uh cases of violence so it's a difficult question to answer and uh, what we are trying to do by going to court is trying to remove one hurdle we are just like we can have a multi-tiered approach to uh end discrimination so as the law 
as we change the law, we also work on changing perceptions. We also work on providing uh, health care and basic needs for LGBTQ plus people. And we, we can do all these things at the same time. So just, uh, just because we're in court does not mean that the work on the ground stops. So we are doing all these things simultaneously and hoping that that is the best way to achieve uh, justice and freedom for queer folk. And with all of the things that you do, um, with all of the all of the amazing stuff that's happening around uh, your activism, like what are some of the biggest uh, achievements? Um, what are what are the things you've achieved with Galk that you're most proud of? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, achievements with Galk that I'm proud of. I am proud that um, that um, now there are more and more LGBTQ plus people living openly and safely in Kenya. I am glad that our member organizations that are spread across the country, a majority of them are self-relying, fully funded, uh, have like queer specific clinics, run by queer folk. Um, I am glad that now there's visibility for queer people, that there was a time in this country where politicians would stand and say, oh, we don't have LGBTQ plus people in Kenya. Now they can say stuff like that because an organization like GALC exists and we are visible and we are out and we are proud. Um, I am happy that now we are able to respond to incidents of... Uh, security uh, infringement on LGBTQ plus people on time and quickly, like we have managed to streamline that system so we can respond immediately when something happens. Um, I am happy that now uh, we are involved in broader human rights conversations. So when people are talking about uh, elections and doctor strikes and corruption and, and the environment and all these conversations, queer people are at the table and we are leading these conversations and I'm so happy that queer women specifically are at the helm of feminist organizing in this country and that's something we've also been able to see happen uh, at my time uh, when I was still at Galk, so all right. All right. Sounds amazing. Um, if you want to learn more about Galk, that's G-A-L-C-K dot org. Check out all of the stuff that they're doing there. It's really worth looking into. For now, let's get some songs going again. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove You got a fast car I got a plan to get us out of here Been working at the convenience store Managed to save just a little bit of money Won't have to drive too far Just across the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs And finally see what it means to be living See, my old man's got a problem 
Yeah, but the bottle, that's the way it is He says his body's too old for working His body's too young to look like his My mama went off and left him She wanted more from life than he could give I said, somebody's got to take care of him So I quit school and that's what I did You got a fast car, is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision, leave tonight or live and die this way. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder. And I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. You got a fast car. We go cruise and entertain ourselves. Still ain't got a job. Now work in the market as a checkout girl. I know things will get better. You'll find work and I'll get promoted We'll move out of the shelter Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast it felt like I was drunk City lights lay out before us And your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged Maybe the most famous androgynous voice in pop music history. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. I really, I really do enjoy this voice. It's, it's so mesmerizing, so calm and soothing. And, you know, it's one of the, uh, one of the tracks I remember hearing on the radio back when I was like 13, 14, first starting to dabble into pop music myself. And I, I really feel like this track deserves more respect because, you know, we, we've, we all know how the, how, how the samples, have, samples have taken this, ran with it, and, you know, got, got all of these remixes that don't really add anything and definitely um, don't do right to the track um, the way it was released here um it sounds like a very okay boomer moment but those are my thoughts and, <laughs> and, and deal with it so you've uh, uh yeah tracy chapman take it away why did you why did you select this song for our for today's queer artist spotlight Oh, Tracy Chapman, like, honestly, I just remember being a young adult coming out, uh, finding community, my first uh, actual relationship, like adult relationship, all these things, like, have Tracy Chapman as, like, the background music, you know? I remember being a baby dyke and us being baby queers, in Nairobi trying to find community and we were all so crazy about like Tracy Chapman it was like like to be to be woke and to be like a uh, woke cool 
was to love Tracy Chapman at the time. Let me tell you, like, I don't know a queer from my generation who didn't go through a Tracy Chapman phase where we wanted to dress like her. We wanted to look like her. We all had locks. Uh, like, we locked our hair to look like hers. And, like, it was just, like, like, looking back, it was just, like, amazing. Like, finding community and finding people like me, finally. And finding myself. And finally starting to realize that it was okay to be different. And it was okay to be queer. And it was okay to be a lesbian. And to be these things that, growing up, they were continued to to be drilled into your head that were wrong you know and and being scared that you might be the only person who feels that way and then finally finding this community of like cool people and that is what tracy reminds me of that time coming out to self coming out to the world and finding community and finding myself and finding love that's also wholesome yeah that's 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 so beautiful like you have this one specific artist and song like that everyone just kind of can relate to and everyone just kind of enjoys listening to and also looks like a cultural icon in a way that's amazing um so another question i always like to ask in this podcast here is how do you experience gender oh that's that's interesting how i experience gender so for a long time for like growing up and until let's say 18 19 there about i i identified as a woman a girl and a woman and that's how i i sat uh in the in the gender spectrum but then in my early 20s i started just like having a sense of not belonging in myself and in my body and in the gender and sex that was um assigned uh, to me and I battled that for a long time and even as I identified as a lesbian and and that is how I came out to the world and to my family and to everyone um, there's something about that that didn't feel right like I continue I continued to feel like I was a fraud like I was hiding a part a part of me or I was lying about a part of me and for a long time I didn't have the language for it until my goodness i stumbled upon this the word gender non-conforming and for the first time because i remember i I would have those conversations with for example friends and a lot of people are just like you could transition like just transition and at the time at least in my context uh people transitioned like people like me transitioned to become men right and i battled that a lot i was just like i might not be a woman but i am not a man either right and uh i remember there was a time i actually considered it and i was like okay you know what maybe this is what this is and till i found a phrase that encompassed exactly how I felt and my relationship with gender. And it was just like, I did not conform to uh, the typical or to the societal definitions of masculinity and femininity or like uh, men and women. And since then, I have honestly been the happiest. Uh, My relationship with gender is that I just don't fit 
into what is prescribed i i exist outside of um what is currently considered man or woman and i am happy to be on the outside and not participate and just like look inside into this whole situation and and not fit in and finding a community and finding uh joy and euphoria outside of these boxes that were uh constricting and suffocating me and presentation is also i feel like a, a huge part of you as a person um i mean I've, i've come across some pics and you like the way you dress is amazing like always <laughs> like these these three-piece suits and like ties and all like um how what what role does like the expression part of the gender play oh yeah like my gender expression so like dapa uh, queer or dapa culture plays a really big part in how i express my gender i remember the first time i wore like a well-fitting three-piece suit i felt finally when i looked into the mirror i was like yes like I loved the way that I looked, you know. So uh it has become like my signature that I I I dress dapper. I'm constantly like in suits, well-fitting suits. Um I play around with color and I play around with like accessories and there's something about like in my context about like wearing a three-piece suit for somebody who is not like a man or who was not assigned male at birth that has people just like rattled especially men right they're just like how dare you and, and i feel like that is just like pushing the envelope a bit further and the good thing is it makes me feel really good when i look good so uh if i get to do both things if i get to push the conversation and push the narrative around um presentation and clothes and who gets to wear what and good look good in the process then i think that i i have won i mean that's the entire gay culture right that's the entire queer culture everything yeah. says white men can wear queer people can wear better yes <laughs> yes So what what's what's the process here because you know if you're trying to find your style like that I feel like there is a bunch of styles that you tried and did not work out this way. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh I'll be honest, uh like being broke played a really big part in me not looking the way <laughs> I wanted to look for a long time because <laughs> I could not afford to look the way I wanted to look, right? So being like a baby queen, being a baby dyke, I had to a lot of times just compromise. And I went through like a sporty phase as well. I think like every baby queer or any baby dyke goes through that whole like baggy t-shirts and jeans. And then I quickly outgrew that. I was like, "Nah, this is not it." And then finally, my fi- my finances like uh grew a bit and could allow me to finally look the way I wanted to look and present the way I wanted to present and I was able to tailor my own outfits and uh played a very big part in how I present now. Yeah, so I'm very grateful for that to be honest. 
Um, so from there, like what is, I'm kind of looking for a way to tie this back around to music because I feel like, you know, this entire, the, the fancy looks like would stereotypically also come with fancy music. Like when you're, when you're, <laughs> when you, when you're, when you're looking at artists, uh, three piece suits, like that's, that feels very Sinatra and, you know, um, in this day and age, Great music, not a great dude. <laughs> um, another artist I had to think of when, you know, looking at like you wearing your bow tie and like this this red and blue uh, checkered um, jacket. Um, it kind of reminded me of Janelle Monae in a sense. How I, I uh, yeah, take that and run with it i guess i don't entirely know how to turn this into a question <laughs> you're right you're right like um janelle monet and um this short man oh my goodness like his name escapes me i'm so sorry when i remember it i'll feel terrible but like yeah there are a few artists and then jiden as well who's like a nigerian but based in the u.s i think uh who also like dresses very dapper and looks like really nice in his music videos um and like um pharrell williams that's the short man i was looking for pharrell right. uh yeah i like the way like artists who like their fashion sense has not been very uh like streetwear for lack of a better word like they look like taking time to like tailor suit and look nice like i really appreciate them and like i think that is why janelle was for a long time one of my favorites i was just like look at her and then how them i forget their pronouns but like and then reading the story behind why they dress the way they dress i was just like oh my goodness like makes so much sense so i resonated a lot with that and with a few other like artists who um take time to look nice like and like outside of the mainstream like streetwear or like t-shirts and jeans are just like doing their own thing with fashion like for example even lady galga you know like they she goes all the way and does all these like extremes with fashions i'm just like yes like i see that like i i see what that is and i hear it and like at times it draws me to artists and to particular types of music and yeah right to steal one of your own quotes overdressing is a myth Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get into track three for today. Burning by coffee. There we go. Straight on top in a de heat jeans, pants and cracks, no socks, they pump me feet, nap suck with me a beat. Well pack up on the needs, stay woke, no sleep, me no little book keep. Money for me mind, but me never have a kind. Now nah, cost me does a hustle for the pretty dollar sign. I never know fun time, life rough sometime. But me know me and me mommy happy see the sunshine. That's why me come with the fire, the city burning. Don't me just a turn it to fire and keep it burning. It's a bun like a tire, me have a burning sun. And if my traffic retire, me leave them yearning. No, Nick, yeah. 
become a Peter. Mommy say be doctor, granny say be preacher. Mommy be a rasta, daddy say be neater. Peter never like that, so him take the streets up. Everybody born with the talent to fit feature. Blessings in abundance, so we fit cherish each other. Never be ungrateful, life is such a teacher. Coffee pan upset a track, see me bring the heat, yeah. Come with the fire, the city burning. Don't me just a turn it up fire and keep it burning. This track is good. Um, wow, it's this is this is a vibe. This is a vibe. Um, I was supposed to see. No, you know what? No, no. I I, I was I was going to share how I was supposed to see coffee, but you know I was. I'm I'm not going to dive down the rabbit hole of all shows that got cancelled. Um, but yeah, you you actually have seen coffee live. Uh, paint a yeah. picture for me when, where, how did it happen? So there's um, a blanket and wine, uh, which is like a music festival in Nairobi that before COVID would happen like bi-monthly, like after every two months or something like that. So in this festival, they, they would showcase like Kenyan artists. And then, of course, you'd bring your blankets and your wine. <laughs> and it should happen in situations like... Um, uh, I mean, locations like parks or like somewhere very leafy and green. And then they would invite international artists. So like that was the vibe for Blankets and Wines. Now they've gone virtual, which is different. But like, yeah, that was the vibe. So um, this time, it was like December 2019. I remember I had just landed in Nairobi. And my friends were like, coffee is in, coffee is coming, like, let's say tomorrow. The way we booked our tickets real quick, you know, and we went and I was also doing uh, like a live Instagram uh, feed. I had taken over for one of the feminist accounts on Instagram. So I was doing like a live update on Instagram. So we were trying to make it as cool and as fun as possible for everyone who couldn't make it. Right. So my friends and I, let's say like we were a group of like 10 people at this festival. We come early. We find a corner, we put our rainbow flag. So what happens is every queer person who was at Blankets and Wines that day would spot the rainbow flag and come, and come towards it. <laughs> so, so by the end of the day, it was like we had taken over, we had commandeered like that area of the festival. It was such a vibe, it was such a good time. That's amazing. Um, you said that they uh, highlighted... Uh, uh, Kenyan artist. I thought coffee is Jamaican. Coffee was the international artist who was invited, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. she was the international artist who was invited, and she was the big reason we went, right? Like we were just like, let's support this. I we don't know. I don't know how she identifies, but like we were just like, let's support this baby, right? And she was literally the main reason why me and my friends went to 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 blankets and wines that that uh, that time. And she performed last, of course. Like after all the Kenyan artists had performed, she went last, and it was amazing. I still have recordings of my phone, on my phone of us just screaming like half the time. It was really good. It was such a good vibe. 
Um, so from what I've what I've gathered during our conversation, um, I'm I'm sensing a very strong uh, confidence. Like, how did that how how did that develop over the time? Oh, okay. People tell me that, and like, I honestly don't even realize it about myself. Like until other people tell me that, and I'm just like, oh, oh, you were scared, like, <laughs> like. I honestly don't even know like when it happened, but I think like it's something that just like over time, uh, I have built like this, uh, um, I don't even want to call it an aura, but just like this backbone. And I think it's also just doing the work that I do and being exposed to the kinds of things that queer people in this country go through. And I'm just like, not me and not on my watch, you get. And I feel like it's something that has, even age has played into it as well. Because I, I, I'm sure like 10 years ago uh, when I was coming out and I was just like 19 and all these things. And now 11 years later, of course, like I have grown in my confidence and in myself and in who I am. And like... I don't think like anyone or anything can shake that at this point. And I feel like the people around me or people who encounter me get a sense of that and just like keep it rolling <laughs> because uh, I have been lucky enough in the past like few years to be in situations where people are just like, they might be uncomfortable, they might not like me, they might not like what I represent, but they don't come at me because they're just like, they don't know who I am or like why I'm, I'm so confident, like why I'm so like happy with myself, you get. So, and I'm, it's also been very inspiring to younger queer people when they see that and when they tell me these things and when people come at me, they're like, I am like, you give me the confidence and you give me the permission to be myself. I think things like that also just like continue to build uh, my backbone and my, and my self-esteem and my confidence, yeah. I'm also just kind of um, aiming at the uh, aiming for the tagline um, at every uh, email you send with Galk being "nothing I have uh, accepted about myself can be used against me to diminish me." Um, a, a quote described to uh, Audrey Lord. Like, is that is that something that you? Um, brought up or is that just a general um uh organization wide thing no no no. it's just it's just for me uh and i it completely describes my life and my sense of self because i came out like when i was 19 and in my context that's very young because uh, at that age you're still being supported by your family you're still like in school so probably your parents are still paying your school fees and stuff like that. So a lot of people don't do it until they are independent, in, in my context at least. But I did that and I didn't have like a backup. Like, like I didn't have like, oh, so if they kick me out, I'm going there somewhere. Do you know, at the time I didn't even know like GALC, like these organizations that existed. So it was just like, and it, was, it wasn't the best Okay, now things have settled and like my family is super cool, but at the time they weren't and it was really rough. But like a few years after that, I was just like, Phew, I am so glad that happened. You know, like because like when it was happening, of course, like I was just like, this is horrible. I wish it didn't happen this way, blah, 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 blah. 
but looking back i was just like i am so glad that happened because that is now out like there's literally nothing anyone can tell me about like my queerness to try and make me feel bad you get like even my extended family when they're like oh you have a queer child you're the one encouraging when they're telling my dad all these things now i'm just like and then what do you get like i've got i've gotten to my to the top place in my life where i really like my queerness is not like something anyone can use to punish me or to ridicule me or to other me or to ostracize me and the moment i did that i reclaimed the power that i had given away for for as a child and as a teenager and uh being so scared and being so afraid that people will find out this big secret about me. Now I don't even care about stuff like that. Like I'm out here just doing my job and doing and living my life and trying to be the best human I can be. And the moment I accepted that about myself, I freed myself and it was like the best thing to happen to me. Rich like looking back, but not at the time. <laughs> That's so powerful. Um before we play the last tune of the day um a track by Lizzo kind of going for a deep cut here tea baby is there are there any any loose thoughts that we uh that we want to tie up with Lizzo yes well if, for example how uh you, in the it's in the category most recent discovery how do you go about discovering music or like i honestly i am so embarrassed to say that i discovered Lizzo in 2020 like i have known about her <laughs> for a minute but like i only knew about lizo as this like body positivity icon right and that's like the only angle people talk about lizo like it is so unfortunate that that that's how people refer to her and like that is what she's known for because that's all i knew her for and I am so sorry for that because I just like knew her for body positivity and I was just like yeah 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 that's who Lizzo was until like I read this interview I just randomly because we were staying home for so long read this article about her and it talked about how she 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 was accepted into an Ivy League school how she like plays like a number of music instruments how and I was like wait let me go and see like who this what Lizzo is about and I started playing her music and oh my goodness I was blown away at the brilliance I was just like this is fantastic this is what people should be talking about at this like fantastic artist who is so intelligent who is so like a good songwriter who plays all these instruments and is a fantastic flute player and I was just like I'm late to the party but like I am here now and like her feel good music reminds me of like Missy uh Missy Elliot and like that kind of vibe so yeah so that's that's kind of what I'm uh what I'm sensing here in this the general vibe of the songs here so there's Bob Marley and Coffee because you know reggae being big in in Kenya in the 90s there is Tracy Chapman released 88 so I guess could made it big in the 90s as well. Lizzo with a very strong um Missy Elliott so once again like 90s feel. I feel like there is a very yeah, a f- very strong balance between classics and contemporary. Was that was that deliberate? Honestly, no. <laughs> it just happened like that's the kind of music I like. It just happened. It wasn't deliberate at all. 
All right, so this is all actually uh, representative of the music you listen to on a daily basis. Yeah. Because how we started yeah. the episode as well, like with Beyonce, Destiny's Child, Beyonce still relevant, like... Yes. Ah, this is all so good. Yeah, no, let's, let's just play the track and have everyone enjoy it. So yeah, that's uh, that that wraps it up for today's episode. I would like to mention a couple of things. Of course, uh, patreon.com slash queer sounds if you want to get stickers and a personalized audio message if you would like one. Also, you know, definitely check out all of the queer sounds socials. That's queer sound pod. Uh, all one word on Twitter and Instagram to get in touch correctly, queersoundspot at gmail.com. Also, if you can't support this podcast financially, just go ahead and spread the word. Tell a friend. Uh, link is in all of your socials. Um, share links to the episode. Do whatever you can because, you know, that's the best way to get the word out on this podcast. And obviously, um, a great way to help spread the word on all of the amazing stuff Eve is doing with Galk. Um, when it comes to Galk, once again, that's G-A-L-C-K dot org for all of their information as well as links to their social pages. Yeah, no, uh, with without... Uh, Eve, if you're cool, if you don't have any last words for this show, then I guess that would be it. Yes, that's it, I guess. All right, thanks for listening. Here's T-Baby by Lizzo. Kiss me on my ego. Tell me what one tastes like. I never been the proud one. Kicked it hard and stayed right. Egos can take a pounding when the mind's dim and the light's bright. Too bad for you that your ignorance is a hindsight. In retrospect, remember the time when I was derelict. More like derelict, I made homeless chic. Chicken in the Subaru. Played the show, showered at the gym, and slept to the studio. My lean cuisine was a ramen noodle, but you know I rocked that. Black mask, black Get up on a level what I'm talking about Feeling like a rebel in a melting pot Oh, you got figures, so I'm jelly, huh? huh? Oh, you fairly smug, it's embarrassing Biting on your black tongue Came a long way in this thing So you can't label me as a nigga with a microphone Dorothy Dandridge, Chuck Berry, Michael Jackson Is black excellence My girl, you silenced Michael, you deprinced Chuck B put a white girl in his car And he crossed the line so you fenced him in them prisons Who is you? I'm talking to you You know who you are, the reason I can't be a black star without your black card. Swipe, swipe to the corporation. Salute to these salutations. Look down at the grave. Yeah, these niggas tripping. Black mask, black sash. Pull up silence gas. Big girl, small world. I got it. I feel lazy. I was eating fur when I wrote this. Fever 103. Met some cool Minnesotans. But really, some of y'all need a lesson from <laughs> Laser Beak.
Rock that, rock that, rock that, rock that. 